this is the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Here we talk about everything paganism, heathenism, witchcraft, mystery, and mythology. Sit back, relax, open your minds, and now let's take you back to the days of our ancestors. Welcome everyone to the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast and we are live for the second time with the avatar Zerla <laughs> hey, um, hey. with his reptilian overlords handler uh sitting on his uh on my his crown brain. Uh, on your crown actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. I'm, 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 I'm here to troll David Ike for the rest of the show. Thank you. <laughs> oh dear. Nobody, nobody, like you know. There's a handful of people out there that have internet and an iguana, and they rarely use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 I rarely use it just because he can be a pain in the ass. I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna have my back get like scratched up. Because I'm also mm-hmm. doing this shirtless with razor blades sinking in. Because I'm I'm intelligent. You see, shamans are very intelligent like this. <laughs> very, <laughs> very. And I have my kitty co-host with me, of course, who I am going to take on my lap because having him stroll around over the desk, he's gonna make a right mess of it. Um, mm. Like it was. I believe the last, yeah, the last show I did, I was like at the introduction and my cat decided to flip my mic up and I was like, okay, this is a great start. Uh-uh. I mean, he's cute, but mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a little bugger. My yeah. familiar, I do love him and I'm, I'm going to have to keep him because if I don't... Uh, Firefay is gonna, gonna right. kick my ass for it. She's never gonna forgive me. Yep. Cats, cats, and reptiles—they—they—they're they, they, both—they're they're very similar in many respects. They're very similar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, both. I mean, can the, be a... the fact, like, like, I, you can watch like a house cat best, like a cobra. You know, and and you know, and the cobras. There's nothing wrong with the cobra. I'm like, wow, <laughs> they're you know they're they're ridiculously fast. Oh yeah, cats are like their reflexes are insane. Yeah, yeah. and they're and they're selectively loving. You know, it's just like he's not always uh, in the mood, right? There's no there's no <laughs> training. You know, it's like this is just you know it's bonding. You're 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 lucky if he likes you. <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you didn't yeah. waste your money, right? No, exactly. And you know the uh, the age old saying that dogs have masters and cats have servants, mm. uh, which is very very true. Yeah. But um, yeah. how have you been holding up, man? Like it's been uh, 
like what like almost well 10 days away from a month the um, last recording we did was on the 30th of july so that's what, right right that's, yeah uh, three yeah it's been yeah, it's, ago. it's been three weeks it's felt like a month but it's uh, you know uh, uh, or so um yeah man um see like it feels like every day for me since like 2012 every day feels like it goes into some sort of time compression and then like and then you wake up one day and it's just like jesus 12 years went by right <laughs> you know so like yeah. so like you know you know we you know just just three weeks ago feels like an eternity of things you know it's just like i've i've um I've been doing my my interviews. Um, I will have a tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I interviewed our friend Raven Wolfgar on TFR Live, uh, which, by nice. the way, I've been trying to throw you on uh, TFR Live pre-recorded or whatnot. Uh, and um, that show will premiere on my YouTube channel uh, tomorrow at 9 a.m. If uh, you don't want to archive uh tfrlive.com to get all of their shows not just try genesis uh so uh that's me and raven we get into his his background story and we uh and then we talk about uh his practice in in magic and uh, uh then we have that general chit chat about what i really wanted him for which was to talk about the real occult that people are getting uh exposed to in magical systems and mythos in all of these different games that have been out there uh, for forever. So it was a fantastic conversation. It was exactly the conversation I wanted to have with him. And uh, if you know anybody who's a gamer who you're trying to entice into getting into their spiritual animist roots uh, or, or knowing uh, the metaphysical Fordian universe uh, 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 better because they come out of gaming. You can listen to that and get tips and pointers of being able to talk to a gamer on a language uh, level that they understand. Because you know we got to geek out a little bit about you know our history with uh, Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. Yeah, of course, of course. I actually um, like just a few days ago in the the tribe, like a little little thing came up like what our introduction to heathenry was and for apparently for quite a lot of people that is dungeons and dragons or you know just mm -hmm. um like medieval role play in in general and i thought that was quite interesting but i mean it's it is a quite well logical pipeline i can you know the right. the uh the D&D to hedonism pipeline is real. The D&D right. to Satanism, not well, as much. You know, it's, it's a couple of degrees of separation removed from the authentic thing because Dungeons & Dragons was heavily leaned on by, well, Lord of the Rings. It was written in the 70s. The, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was in its prime uh, back then. Like, like uh, there was something going on. Like, like Lord of the Rings... Like, I remember watching, like, something in a documentary and, like, in the 70s, like, people would, like, I guess in England or something, would graffiti on walls. Like, Frodo lives. Like, they were starting to venerate him as some sort of, like, <laughs> prophet or something like that. And I'm just like, whoa, okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> the cult of Frodo. Um, yeah, yeah. 
so um so you know th that's where you're getting uh, a lot of the core stuff from is understanding those themes because you you can't just jump into the eddas and the sagas and have enough uh, uh material to do such a thing there's only a limited amount of inspirational characters a limited amount of inspirational scenarios and plus it's all in poetic uh, a, a cryptid gnosis of uh, our ancient ancestors' oral tradition that was trying to explain scientific and 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 personal psychological principles on a spiritual level. So um, you're trying to make a game that's fun for 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 young people, you know, because the simplicity of it was, you know, high medieval fantasy uh, universe that you could uh, have some fun in escapism towards. And it, it achieved that goal uh, through its various iterations. And that style uh, and that kind of world is still very popular to play in today. Yeah. Like I, and I do wonder for how many, how many people like that was their actual start. Cause I'm, I'm always kind of, embarrassed somewhat about my um well like true catalysts to you know find the gods and heathenism like mine was like vikings the tv show right um and you know like looking back at it now with how much well hollywoods there mm -hmm. is still in that um but i mean like i'm, I'm seeing a comment here from uh from josh what up bro that you know, Lord of the Rings and the Thor comics, and that was that right. was something that, oh Jesus, like months ago, I saw someone um, comment on one of my one of my videos, right, one the, right, one of and, the and... one of the podcasts that like we were kind of bitching about uh, Marvel and them, um, you know, like kind of bastardizing our fate and whatever but you know right, they right. said like hey what if that is you know the pipeline the catalyst for someone else to you know go deeper into it oh yeah whatever. yeah yeah and no, i was like well like mine was like technically vikings so i guess why why can't it be marvel's or or yeah I knew that there was something to it a while ago, but it hadn't clicked in yet. Cause you know, when I was originally playing a lot of D and D and stuff with friends, one of, one of my friends at the time, uh, was, uh, somewhat of a practicing Hindu. And, um, he was hardcore on multiversal theories and, um, and, uh, comparative mythology because he liked like meshing and creating the super game, you know, uh, he was very much embodying in the gamer world, uh, uh, you know, very age of Aquarius kind of ethos of making like a, a, a cool unified, like, like system and world. He wanted to build a really complicated thing. And so, um, you know, he, uh, very proud of, 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 uh, his, uh, his Indian, uh, heritage and culture, uh, but also, uh, really loved, uh, Norse mythology and had, you know, no problem just jumping into it and, and, uh, and, and enjoying that stuff. And, uh, you know, it was just as, he was just as good at it as any, uh, white man trying to, uh, you know, build a character to play a game as far as at least you and your friends know, when you're like in your early, 
uh, 20s, it's the early 2000s, and, uh, you know, you might think Neil Gaiman is your <coughs> absolute top authority on Norse mythology, right? Because, <laughs> you know, look, the late, you know, by the late 90s, early 2000s, right, um, you know, like, there probably was almost no, like, pagans out there in a wide sense, other than the fact that it was starting to percolate in the heavy metal community when, you know, cause you had all of these uh, black metal bands from Norway popping up and, and from the entire Scandinavian Germanic area, all these metal bands that were starting to write songs about, you know, medieval history or ancient history. And, you know, they're all into occultism and they're trying things that are, new different and more interesting than hailing satan all day you know so yeah. they started hailing odin all day and something kicked in <laughs> and now we have wardruna and Heilung and all these other amazing groups that are practicing shamanism on stage and healing the world um you know amongst all the other people that are doing it in their own countries, you know, the who is doing it for uh, the Mongolian or the Tartarian people. You one one could say if you look at the map, Ooh, it's proper yeah. to call them Tartars. <laughs> Those are actual Tartars. Yes, you can look at the go go to a who concert, start talking about Tartaria, and then let all the Mongolians in the band and the audience correct you. It'll be fun. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but um. You know, it's okay. We're part of this, like, new generation of, like, um, of, like, we were, like, that first generation that really took, like, a hard no on religion, but a hard yes on deeper spiritual meaning instead of just becoming, you know, almost nihilistically atheist, like the crowd compels you to that the agenda would rather see you go into that mindset which is a uh, a disempowering uh um uh material self self-evaluation kind of mindset right and then yeah. you evolve to the next uh to this next level because in your seeking you know because that that's part of what it was for me there was a great deal like when I would hear a lot of different kinds of traditional music, it would resonate with me, right? It was just like, okay, I'm a metalhead, but then I really like this Irish folk stuff. And I really like this, you know, I really like this, uh, this Peruvian flute band stuff. Good thing it keeps all the hammers, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And, and, then yeah. you, and then you start hearing all this stuff coming out of Danheim and whatever. And it's just like, oh, it almost sounds like that Native American like music but it's it's got it's just got this flavor I, I, is this what it feel what is this what it feels like to be like an ancient white man <laughs> you know it's just like you watch the northmen the berserker ritual you know there's the big fire and they're running around with spears and shields and a certain it's just like what's that any different than any tribe in africa any fucking tribe in native america before it goes to war right they're they're literally acting the same way the ritual aesthetics are different uh, uh, for the sake of their cultural roots and their environment of their native land. Kind of reminds me of a circle pit as well at your uh, your average metal. Uh, you could see, metal yeah, yeah. Show. 
uh, you could say that in a certain sense, like like in the slow moving, right? And now, now of course, at a show like you know like that, it's 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 an it's an awesome rush and everything else, but it's taking like the the endorphin pumping element to the ritual and then separating it from everything else, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the the way they they do it, like because in that movie, you know, uh. uh uh, uh Skarsgård's character um uh Amleth he's a hybrid yeah. right if they made that movie and he was just a better zerker he would have you would have seen him in more fits of rage using less cunning he would not you know it would not have been like metal gear solid in the dark ages right that's what you got in this movie it was metal gear solid in the dark ages it was tactical espionage action but then he can turn on the berserker with you know he's in full full control historical all historical records but berserkers did not have control they did not have manners they had to make a separate part of society that you also knew that you couldn't stop them if they didn't agree to that separate part of society but you tolerated them cuz you needed them to win your battles uh and very few times did it get to a point of even trying to kill them and because they were they were damn near invulnerable they they it's like the way it's described how hard it was to kill them it was like Frigga had put Baldur's protection spell on them herself the way that they describe the things they try to do to some of these men like just because they would be a nuisance in town this is like your fellow townsmen that kind of understand that you're like a, a, a shamanic rage beast Right. Mm -hmm. So Amleth is this hybrid. And because he went through rituals of um, having that relationship with his inner primal, his inner primal child, his inner wolf, his wolf pup. um, I think that that um, mastery of his shadow gives him mastery over the bear. And that was a probably a high secret of kingly bloodline which is why he's this rare thing that makes him this heroic centerpiece of this saga. Hmm. That's yeah. That's a lot, man. That's a lot to take in, but it's, yeah. it's yeah. No, yeah. It's... That, yeah. That, that, that movie cracked me open like a nutshell. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it hit the right, like ancient, like, ooh, I feel soul code genetics activating. That's why I did like a two and a half hour video breaking down that film because that that film was like the old gods forced their way through in that film, whether Eggers had a say in it or not. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they did. They absolutely did. Like that was the most realistic movie in... Mm -hmm just so long just yeah. so long yes and, and one of my favorite parts of it is that it um it's like for people that want to take a certain degree of things very seriously um it really was telling when i watched like one or two of dr crawford's reactions to the movie and which he admittedly didn't understand it found it too gruesome it's like you are immersed in ancient Viking subject matter. How do you not have the fortitude to take on a fucking movie like this? Which is 10 times 
tamer than what you've read about in your history books. Too, gru too gruesome, really? It was kind of this, like, like it was just like, he didn't like, he didn't like it stylistically. I guess that's personal taste thing, but I'm kind of looking, you know, you're watching the video, you know, to get like his, his analytic, you know, his academic analytic uh, perspective on it. So there's that. And then I think that this was Odin uh, 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 gi giving us a tell. I think this was Odin trolling Dr. Crawford because <laughs> there are there are several scenes in that movie where you can see the name of the blade. Dr. Crawford incorrectly said that it was using the older Futhark despite the film being rooted in the younger Futhark. I freeze-framed for my little two-and-a-half-hour uh, uh, making of because Dr. Crawford irritates me. I freeze framed every scene where you could see all of the name or part of the name of the sword clearly. And every single time it's spelled the exact same way with younger Futhark runes that he missed. So my only conclusion is, is that um, uh, Odin was revealing that Dr. Crawford is unworthy. <laughs> what? Like, isn't that dude pretty much worshipped in the community? Like, I'm I'm really getting to the point that, you know, even guys, and don't get me wrong, he is, you know, he should be treasured, um, survived the jive, Tom Rousel. Like, I'm even getting to the point that his content is kind of starting to bore me. You know, it's... It, he does a lot of good genetics work, um, yep. but I'm not necessarily interested in that. Like I, I've caught myself more than once, yeah, yeah. you know, cleaning up my my uh, my Telegram, just the amount of groups I'm in, way too yeah. many groups, um, and just be like, you know what? Like everybody is sharing around each other's content anyway. It's one big, you know, pagan circle jerk. Yeah. 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 So, no, I feel you. I feel you on that. Um, you know, personally, I think that, you know, um, I like Tom Rousell a whole lot. You know, I think that like outside of his, what he's pumping out in content, I think that the actual nuance, when you pay attention to what he's trying to do for heathenry, um, you know, is really great, you know, especially with a lot of those earlier ones that he did, which the uh, the genetic information was uh, something that was a important insert in the film that he was he was making. Right. But, you know, I think he's got a whole thing where he's trying to make sure that what we're under, what's the difference between um, what's getting carried over genetically versus what's mm -hmm. getting carried over linguistically right because the those are the two main markers for our ancestral tracing is the tra is the trace back of 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 genetic line uh particularly through the male and um and then of course uh uh language right um and so you know he's yeah he's he's doing his thing in his place and you know sometimes uh, sometimes it takes a while for somebody to jump back into uh uh something you know because he's he's on a mission he's got to fill he wants to fill it out and have this niche thing of this very particular 
uh, frame of research that revolves around a genetic story, right? He's, he's telling the story from a genetic point of view. And some people, um, you know, and the main reason why the left has a problem with it is because they want to say between that and his, his Othal tattoo, that he's some sort of eugenicist, right? That that's, that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to smear his name and, and, uh, and imply that he has eugenicist thinking and wants to obsess over who's more Norse than who, you know, you know, at which I mean, there's a tiny bit to say about that. I mean, like there's a big difference between an Indo-European mutt versus like a mulatto. Right. But then again, it's all about how you're, how you're rate. Like, you know, you just, you'll know it in their soul. You'll know it in the authenticity of how they speak. But at the same time, I do like what Tom is doing what I think he's doing anyway. Some of that's my, uh, my intuition there. Oh yeah. No, like what, what he's doing is, you know, is great, great work. Absolutely. You know, and especially now people are still hammering on about the, um, the cheddar man and supposedly, supposedly him being black. They're now even mm. trying to, um, like, what's his name? Utsi, the eyes man. Yeah, they're even trying to say that he was black because you know he has a very tanned skin, but tanned like leather because you know he's preserved in the ice mm -hmm. for so long. But you know, that means that well, he was black. Fact, yeah. fact of the matter, fact of the matter is, is that we know at some point. You know, science can debate it because there's a discrepancy in how they measure. Uh, uh, prehistoric time, uh, mm -hmm. you know, carbon 14 dating is only accurate in under certain circumstances, right? Yeah, um, that we used to not have this axial tilt, uh, in our realm, right? That we used to have an even it used to be tropical the whole realm over all year, right? This oh. was before cataclysm, so if it's tropical, your skin, everybody's skin regardless of your origins is going to have the same pigmentation because you're dealing with the same amount of consistent sun exposure throughout all of your history before the cataclysm knocked the sun on to its uh, roulette wheel style course. Yeah. Okay. But there's, there's a difference between being tan, you know, like the, the olive skins that you'll see right. in the, uh, in the Mediterranean, yeah. for example, like yeah, those people are tan. Like they are no, definitely yeah. not. Have you ever met a yeah, the, I'm half the tasty northern? Right? Yeah, you've ever met a Sicilian? <laughs> oh, they're dark as shit. Eh, right. Yeah, but so yeah, of course you know with more sun comes more pigmentation, comes more melanin, and all of that. Like we get it, mm -hmm. but there is a difference between being tan, you know, being like Turkey or Morocco or Mediterranean, right. kind of that region, yeah, uh, Mediterranean, yeah. um, just uh, near Asia, Northern Northern Africa, tan, mm -hmm. and being sub-Saharan black. There is still very much a difference. Doesn't matter, you know, tropical temperatures and all of that. Right, there, right, right. There exactly. is still a major 
major yeah, difference. Yeah. But the, what, there, there are they, other unifying there are other unifying features that you know yeah. come down through. Uh, this is micro evolution. You know, it's you know which is associated akin to your epigenetics, right? It's just like I do things. I have a different environment than I did with my life two years ago, and. I, I, and, and, and look at that. I don't look like I did two years ago. And, no, oh, and also not. I did want to acknowledge, cause I'm, I'm, I'm noticing the comment sections. Child of Ash talks about Amleth being Hamlet, which is correct. The, uh, um, there are several stories, several, several different sagas, maybe about three or so I'm told, um, were put together, uh, to make, uh, uh, the Northman film. Uh, which is why I call that video the Amleth Saga or Amletska, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yes, it is the predecessor that inspired Hamlet. Uh, uh, the other one of the other things in there, they 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 inverted the story of uh, Beowulf as well to make that to make the Northmen work. So instead of um, Grendel being the monster tormenting, uh, the, you know, the good king. You know, the, mm -hmm. this is this is a uh, this is an evil uh, uh, lord, an evil lord, and the main character is the Grendel to him. This outsider that came from 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 foreign shores, uh, you know, but he and he's there. He's a hero for the. Well, you know, he he chooses to kind of become a hero to the slaves. He was more caught in the wake of of his vengeance plot, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, he definitely wanted to liberate his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> As any good boyfriend probably As would. As any good uh, boyfriend would, precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is, you know, this isn't your, uh, yeah, superheroes, superheroes back then were not based on like, oh my gosh, saving the people and treating the, 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 the powerful people and the meek people the same. It's like, you know that that's how superheroes are now. You know, like Iron well, Man flies in. It doesn't ma matter yeah. if it's a rich guy or a poor guy. Iron Man just does. Here, here, it's just like he's holding true to his to his way, and uh, and is being honored for holding true to his ways, and that that makes him the hero. Yeah, which is of course you know nowadays absolutely terrible because you're supposed to be a hero. Um, right. Hey, look, I, I, yeah, you're supposed to be a hero. That's fine by me. I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like nobody wanted me to be a hero. Right. Like, <laughs> I had a lot of people always telling me not to do things because uh, I was too off the cuff. Right. Like I should have gone through Ulfidnar discipline as a child i should have gone through rights like what amleth went through right to yeah. uh, you know to find that embrace of the the inner the inner puppy like my i can you know like i had to take a long time maturing uh you know I, i'd be like this dog with the zoomies sometimes uh, <laughs> of all sorts of other little issues uh that i had right you know things that um left me in a cringier state of myself than uh, one cares to admit until you've let that version of yourself die on the tree. <laughs> but do you think we should bring that back as a whole? Should we bring the the manor boons back? Should we bring the 
um, like the rights back, like the, the, the tradition of man or of a boy becoming a man. Cause like nowadays, if you want, if you want to be a father and a mother in this world, in this where old or man time, time of mankind, then you have to be in control of your child's future because that child is passing down your legacy and you are teaching him how to unlock his birthright, the things he's inherited from your ancestors, from your wife's ancestors, the mother, and from whatever the divine has gifted into them that is their own. And it's going to take a long time uh, to unlock all of those things, as far as I know. But I'd imagine that if I had more manhood-oriented rituals as a small child, I wouldn't have just been um, in playtime the way that I was. Especially, mm -hmm. like, doing my astrology. Like, I can see why... I in particular got kind of lost in all that, you know, like you learn this stuff when it's just like, Oh, Mercury and Pisces, uh, Neptune over here is just like, that's why I'm daydreaming. Right. Like there's all <laughs> sorts of stuff that can kind of explain away that, right. You should know your, your child's proper birth chart. So you can also raise them, um, in harmony with their birth chart. Right. You know, cause you're yeah. going to have a, like, if my parents understood how my birth chart works, then all my temper tantrums could have been met at the head because there would have been a deeper understanding of why I was behaving like that, that I don't know. I'm just a kid doing my thing. But then you realize, okay, the kid's in Aries. He's going to, his personality is, he's going to behave like this. The kid's got his North node and Mars conjunct in Leo in his mid heaven he wants to show all he's a little bit your son wants to be a leader a ruler the front the first he wants to be the best uh he wants to do all these things and he's in over his head uh and he's got delusions of grandeur and he's got all these things and he's got amazing amazing potential uh uh but it's really hard to do this and then like then also i'm an empath so like I'd get really sensitive and take things personally that were just meant to be more encouraging. It's just like, my God, my God, the troubles that perhaps if I went through ritual in my unconscious, I would have understood things a little bit better, sat back and paid more attention, uh, uh, you know, uh, as you know, ha having the, uh, perhaps as a child, I wouldn't have had the attention span to meditate, but perhaps as a young, young adult, I would have been deeply, more deeply interested. I would have, maybe it would have kicked in uh, a little bit earlier, right? But no, you know, your parents yeah. just leave you to the influences of the world at large, right? I'm part of Generation X, which is understood to be the abandoned generation, the, where the parents, both parents were working their asses off and the TV was the babysitter. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, to keep the kids quiet, just plant yeah. them in front of the TV and 
yeah you know it'll all be good as long as they're not yeah. making any noise it's all good yeah yeah and then, and then, yeah. And then your parents don't understand like why you're fucking struggling the way they way you are they don't have, have <laughs> they don't have a, a, an association with your feelings about school and why you hated school and all this shit like like there's no association they're just like why don't you just do like everything the way you're supposed to like the way i did and i was growing up and and then you're too young to tell them that they're wrong, you know, for a while, yeah. for a long while. And if you didn't have the fucking internet and, or a good library to do your own research, as they say nowadays, you're not going to be able to uncover like how fucking common core was meant. Like I wasn't subject to common core. I was in high school in the nineties, but, um, but how, certain limitations in the in the academic system certain trains of thought that got buried long ago under nefarious circumstances uh, that would have been better to have understood in our society to like all these different things that they wouldn't care about you know we're a new we're a new generation of people digging deep into the past to fix our future everybody is doing yeah. that now everybody's doing that now because everything happening in the modern in the in the in the present is so abhorrent that you're either forced into the future or uh or you make the wise choice of reevaluating the past and improving the future but that could also be like why so many people are like kind of stuck in the 90s kind of stuck in the 2000s because you know i'm i'm a 90s kid i'm i'm from i'm from 92 i'm 31 years old currently uh, the 90s is like that was my childhood the 2000s and part of the 2010s but mostly 2000s is you know that's those were my my teenage years that's when i you know started experimenting with you know whatever whatever i could get my hands on pretty much ah. um but like those were still the like pretty much the early days of the internet as well like there was already more to it than there was in the 80s or the 90s but like i remember it as like even though my teenage years weren't the best i still remember everything outside of school that is as you know pretty good you know emo meetings and like that was that was a lot of fun always going to like so many concerts and just because i had you know i had no bills i mean yeah sure i was paying my own phone bill but like that was about it and back then like we were i'm talking you know we're talking what 30 at most 45 bucks a month um yeah and that was it and i had disposable income i had lots of of free time mm. and i could just i could do whatever i want and so i did um so yeah i i do look back fondly on those times and i can definitely see why people you know are somewhat stuck in the past because if you if you look at these days you know um let's say from 
I don't know, let's say 20, I feel like 2017 was a was a big, big milestone for for some reason. Uh like that's when that's when things got weird. That's that's when things got got really weird. Um there was a coming uh predominant retirement of a great deal of the baby boomers that had been the absolute veterans of running things in ma many major establishments all the various uh, uh corporations that we've grown up with and of course uh um long-term government infrastructure you know like mm -hmm. uh, the, the term deep state evolved out of the term uh being used uh uh called an entrenched bureaucracy right and, and th this is people like dr fauci who got in there a bazillion years ago and they can't be fired and all that, right? So um, like those guys, they eventually die off and retire. And then the new generation uh, is meant to uh, to come in. And so they've, um, they've been preparing for a long time. They've been uh, grooming um, a certain portion of the public that is watched carefully by the political parties on behalf of uh, the investors into their ideologies. Um, into who they like in those positions and how do we get them uh, 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 controlled? How do we control them in those positions? Yeah. But like people from our generation, they're not interested in politics anymore. Like, uh, you know, I know so many people who... I mean, yeah, they'll they'll vote, but like running for office themselves, even if it's if it's local, no, like we don't we don't care. So I'm I'm really curious to see like what's gonna happen when the old guard, like indeed, eventually, um, well, permanently retires. Either it's going to be a shit show or it's going to be, you know, days of our life because, you know, hip, hip, hooray, they're gone. Right, um, right. It, it, it depends on how much uh, of the system, like I'm not sure how much of the system requires something that is uniquely belonging to some of these guys who perhaps are going to die with it and then let that system die with them. Right. Because they hold some sort of uh, like like keys to the kingdom, if you will. Right. You know, it's yeah. just like uh, Bill Gates, for instance, owns Microsoft or whatever, uh, whether he has anything to really do much with Microsoft. Um, he probably has certain software codes that only he has. And when something goes down at one of the most important levels, top levels of the company, whether no matter his status, he's got these codes and no one else. And so they have to call him in and that gives him all the leverage. Right. So yeah. that he's, he's, he's got the launch codes, uh, so to speak. Yes, precisely. It's akin to the launch codes or, or dead man's trigger, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. No, like our our generation, um, it's it's interesting to see because 
you know, I'm, like I said, you know, I'm 30, 31 years old. I'm still fairly young. I, I still have a lot to do, a lot that I uh, I want to do. Got two young kids and a um, a wife on the, the wrong side of the ocean. Um, but, you know, we are rediscovering our ways. There is a, a revival going on to both sides. Actually, a lot of people are going from uh, polytheism or, you know, paganism or whatever back to uh, monotheism and vice versa. Like, how many neo-pagans do you know who have, you know, a background in Christianity who come from the church or who have a Catholic background? Like, that's the majority of yeah pagans nowadays those yeah, yeah. are the the neo-pagans um like but, i said we're that we're this we're this very particular generation uh, yeah that's coming in we're, we're a particular part of a generation because we're we're part of the um this conscious side that is 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 coming through uh you know like i've been um i've been on that level of a kick since 9 11 um you know mm -hmm. the whole waken it up situation and you know and uh uh it sucks how much of of my life it, it you know it took with that with all the failings you know in because you know, my life my background pursuits of life was music and um and i wish it was more of my foreground but i was always getting devastated um with my musical work when i was putting it in the foreground unfortunately right so um i uh there's a lot of things that i didn't do that i probably should have done that i didn't know better to do but i at the, you know but i was answering this higher calling of of trying to uh make myself better and make my world better before like all sorts of innocent people got hurt right yeah and uh, you know when 2020 came it's a major reason why i kind of died in a way because um, I felt like I failed at all that stuff, right? You know, that everybody got put in this situation. Everybody got entrapped by the monsters. Everybody wanted to be entrapped mm -hmm. by the monsters. People wouldn't acknowledge that they were entrapping themselves with monsters, becoming monsters themselves. Yeah. And every aspect of what my heart thought I was doing for quote humanity was shattered into a million fucking pieces. And um, I, my, my whole attitude changed. Um, I became a new level of cynic. It was my new way of trying, my new way of trying to wake people up had gone to a more sharply Mark Passio tone. <laughs> As I got like really viciously angry at like too many effing people that I was right to be angry about. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm oh god, I've I've had that that period as well where I'm just basically screaming to everybody like, don't you see? Don't you see what's going on? And people were just like, fuck off. Mm. Hang on a second. Oh god, the familiar back at it again. <laughs> yeah, there, don't make a mess. Oh, oh, there he, is. Right. he was such a. Uh, <sighs> 
he was such a good boy last time as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He's uh, <laughs> he, he's 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 a shelf monkey. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, <laughs> that's no, my uh, that's my bookshelf. I'm not gonna say I read all those books. I've read some of those books. I'm getting there. Oh, the, dude, I have, I have a to read list of, I think fifteen books. Oh um, wow, yeah. Or like maybe like uh, I guess I'm close clo close to twenty. Now I, I have. Find, I find like shit like every month like because I go <laughs> for my job. I go to the dump to dump off like you know uh, uh, debris and stuff that accumulates at, at my workplace, and so I get to go to the to the town's local dump and they got the swap shop there and there's all sorts of books and like you know I've I've got classics. I found I got Chaucer over there for free, uh, Sophocles, the Iliad, like just just there to take. I'm like classics, like what? So I've got classics to catch up uh, with at some point, but I'm still reading uh, Heidegger, and that's going to take a while. Mm. It's very very long, <laughs> and yeah, I'm putting it off. I'm I might do it this afternoon because I I, I don't have to worry about doing my my uh my show tonight it's already prepped yeah oh right yeah no i'm 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 still uh trying to make my way uh or read my way through i should say uh thus spoke that zarathustra yeah uh jesus that's a it's a tough tough book um it was tough i mean it, it's got a very uh old english bible kind of syntax to it yeah, but you know, which I didn't expect that going in like, oh, OK, Nietzsche kind of wrote like a fictitious kind of thing of it's almost it was almost a whimsy. It was almost a whimsical world. Right. That that was the uh, which was kind of like showing the uh, the true face of the world that the Ubermensch is juxtaposed to. Right. Yeah. And I, I but, keep at it, man. I think it's a great book. That book was very, very inspiring. It, it, you know, it does not, Nietzsche does not actually, like Nietzsche may have become like all sorts of things. You do not become those things when you read, when you read that, right? That, that, that's a gross, no, but, it's a gross misinterpretation. Um, you know, the, you know, Nazism and Nietzscheism are, are, you know, are not the fucking same. It, it, oh, but they said the same thing about Evola. You know, it's it's all those big thinkers that oh, you know, especially during those times, the Italians, the Germans, right, um, right. You know, they were all connected to you know those guys. Apparently, yeah. I mean, Jesus, we're talking like during World War Two, there was really no, uh, you know, if you were a, a high profile character, you were getting involved whether you like, you know, liked it or not. It, right. it came it came with being a high profile character it became with being a high profile writer high profile thinker but i mean i i have the, the book in english which makes it even more difficult for me since english is my second language um right. nietzsche's first language was german of course but my german is absolute shit. hey right, right this is right. <laughs> this is not even my cat by the way <laughs> This is not my cat, but she comes to visit. 
Okay, like, gotcha. on on a daily, or I mean, I guess she yeah, yeah, uses yeah. me for it's, she it's, uses it's, me it's for food. One of the cats that's adopted you. Yeah, yeah, pretty granted, much. Granted, uh, all, all cats, you know, own their, you know, we all know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dogs have masters, cats have servants. Uh, <laughs> right, right. No, but yeah, like that's that's one of the cats that adopted me. I I don't even know where she where she lives. I I believe she lives yeah. on the um, like somewhere on the you know the row above me. Mm. Um, I don't even know where, but you know she comes to visit here, eats. Sure, yeah. You know, we, eats my got... eats, eats my cat's food. Yeah, chill, there are two chills, cats in this house. Chills for a bit and then moves out again. Yeah, there are two cats in this house that primarily just stay upstairs uh, with my. Uh, my family. Uh, but, um, you know, like my dad's now uh, enticed some, I don't know if it's a stray, but there's some black cat that's not been seen before like a few months ago. And now he's been going out like almost every day with a little extra cat food and just kind of like leaving it out in the back porch for him to mm -hmm. like want to have him around and all that stuff. Um, so like now, now there's this other cat that's sort of in our orbit. And um, all I know is that that cat's not scaring away whatever is eating my Swiss chard. So he's not very. <laughs> I mean, that cat no. should, should be scooting off the bunnies. I'm assuming there's a bunny. That's my guess. It's going to be a bunny. Oh, dude, I have had, um, I believe, only once in the any time that I live here, over eight years, I mean, that I live here now. I have had a mouse once, which is um, amazing. Like I said, I've been living here at this place for like eight years now. It's a, quite a old building. My cat, Timmy, I mean, <laughs> if you um, if you have watched the podcast, you have seen Timmy, you have heard Timmy. Um, he didn't do anything with it. He is the laziest hunter ever. He's... I mean, he's fascinated by it. He'll just look, he'll just sit there and look at it, and he's like, "Yo, what's that?" Right. And I'll just be like, "Tim, that's your prey. You're a you're a cat. You're a hunter. Go catch him." No, I think I'll just sit here and watch. And it's like, oh, yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> Great. <Love you> too. <laughs> yeah. Which then that forces you to buy more cat food because they aren't just getting their fucking field mice for themselves. <laughs> so you got that going on. <sighs> I mean, cats are great, and I I love Timmy as as my familiar, um, but he's a lazy bugger sometimes. <laughs> right. Right. My, uh, yeah, my, my, iguana, uh, like, like, unlike cats, uh, reptiles, um, like, like a cat has like their times that they're chill, mm -hmm. but a reptile until like it needs to just do something, anything is very predisposed to just sitting there pretty much in a meditative state, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's just like Locke will just sit like right there he might sit right there and just stay there for three hours you know oh wow his you know maybe his his tail will 
will do a little that here and there. And then maybe his head will be like, you know, like yeah. just little things like that, which is like, like that's what he's doing with his head right now. But then, you know, he'll just sit there and that's, it's the happiest he could be. Right. Like, so like that, that's, that's what's really funny about like reptiles with the, you know, people don't really think about what reptiles are actually like because, you know, it's boring until they're doing something, right? Because that's what it is. They just sit there and it's just like you can learn yeah. about meditation from a reptile. I, I was I was just thinking that like we can learn a lot from them just, you know, to sit still and just be content and be content in the moment and just be happy with whatever they have, how little that may may be, especially in a... Right a society that's becoming more and more materialistic yeah. and more and more about, you know, the, the cheap pleasures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless you're like, um, unless you're like a bird or like a squirrel or something. I mean, most animals don't really have possessions. There may be some undersea life that does quirky things like have, like there are animals that have possessions. But by and large, animals don't have possessions at all anyway, right? But, I mean, they're not possessions like like us humans understand possessions. They still serve a purpose. You know, like a bird's nest, you could say that is his possession, but that's that's his home. That's where, you know, it's it's his nest. It's where, he, where she lays her eggs and breeds them and all um even beavers like yeah they have their dam and they have certain branches that you know probably they're they're pretty proud of that you know ooh, i got this you know big branch this big stick is perfectly perfect for uh, for my dam but you know they're not selfish in right, that way. right well you know it's just like you're, you're not gonna cut like you're not going to come across the beaver who's got like, like the Tartaria version of, of a dam. It's just going to be the That'd dam. Be so and there cool, it though. is. And it's cool. And it's their dam and they're proud of it. Right. You know, but like, it's, it's like man, man's got this thing where, you know, stuff has to look like stuff and like you, you, you do stuff, you know, it's just like, for instance, if I want to smoke, I, I could easily just like get a basic pipe and do like, and then fire and then like inhale it or whatever. But, yeah. but no, like somebody said, I want to smoke, but I'm going to like, I'm going to work with glass material and then I'm going to bother over a furnace for hours as I shape it and spindle around it and, and, and do this. And it's got, it's got form, something about the form Right. And, and then like you, you could end up like going into like symbolic breakdowns of of this shape and what it means mm -hmm. and alchemy and so on and so forth. Right. Because, you know, just like I like it. Plus, that's another reason why I like smoking out of out of a bowl personally is is alchemy. Right. Um, and and like. I mean, you have I don't like think there's any animals out there that make those kinds of conscious choices, whether they are capable of fashioning with tools to any degree or not. I mean, there, there are, but they are 
rare, like uh, when it comes to, you know, tool use and such. I mean, I know that there are animals, mostly, um, you know, the four-legged animals, the animals that are a little smarter already. Um, I know that otters, for example, will have a rock, often their favorite rock, which they use to, you know, smash open clams, for example. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and a dog will have its favorite chew toy and, and, yeah. uh, and all of these things for sure. But uh, it's, it's interesting that the, uh, the, the bowl and alchemy, like you have the four elements there already, like you have water, you have earth, earthiness, you have air, you have fire. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, and then one could say that you bring the, uh, the atom, you bring the spirit. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Never, never thought about it. I, I had to quit smoking years ago, but because it's, uh, became too much of a problem three times. Um, mm. so I, I really don't do anything anymore. I'll have a beer or a glass of wine, sometimes a glass of whiskey, but that's really about it. Um, but yeah, oh, that's, that's another, another thing that's actually quite a danger in the, um, of the more spiritual communities. So many people are, um, like saying that they have the best experiences when, you know, on something, when microdosing, when doing this and that, and it's becoming it's becoming an issue like i understand like not wanting to live in this world not wanting to live in this this moment and wanting to be in the right the, the the higher spheres but um like then the come down is even even worse right right yeah yeah that that's what um that was my attitude like by, by the end of 2021, like I had expended all my options of, of, of what I was thinking, what I was doing. And so I made a, you know, so I, I made, I made like, you know, a big change that, you know, that I was, that was just done for me. It's just like, I have to lock myself. I have to unlock out of myself um, because like, like, I can't even believe that there's nothing I can do outside of here mm -hmm. to get everything to change. You know, I did not know what, what was coming. I did not know if I was going to be unemployed forever because I was going to refuse the thing, right? Like, because oh, I was right. definitely yeah. going to refuse the thing and suffer the consequences of possibly going homeless or something. Like, like there was all sorts of things I was thinking maybe what my fate's going to be. So I... So like from a completely non, you know, pagan spiritual freaking like catalyst, like I do mm -hmm. all the exercise, right? I do all the cardio stuff. I do all the lifting. Um, and, um, and although it was always there anyway, because, you know, like, it's just like with the way it's all warrior stories with the sagas or whatever, I was primarily focused on the magic and the psychic, 
right? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't doing the physical stuff. I wasn't thinking about being like some sort of a monk or whatever. I was doing some Qigong, uh, but this kicked it into, uh, into high adrenaline, right? Like literally. Uh, and then all sorts of things made sense. My magic actually got more powerful. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, the, my thoughts were getting better organized going through the routine mm -hmm. because there was a lot of Saturnian work that I had not had a chance to embrace. I wasn't Mr. Anti-Saturn because I, I'd known too much about astrology by then, but also yeah. I still was completely bogged in what would be the uh, retrograde Saturn aspects of my chart, <laughs> yeah. which, uh, which can uh, make you prone to being very bad at diligent, consistent labors, you know, you know, doing good and hard work and, and such. So I, I, I had to fight to put that into me either way. And, and that's what all, all that stuff happened. Uh, and, you know, to take myself out of myself, because that's what these people, that's what's happening to these other people. That's, you know, they're dying, uh, being trapped in time. They are trapped mm -hmm. in what they chose to be in 2020. So do you combine it with any, any other practices, uh, uh Josh is dying to hear about gold or so? Is it possible to combine that? Do do you combine, combine which that? two? The uh, the sacred herb and Galder. The sacred herb. Well, you mean cannabis and doing invocation? <laughs> I mean, listen, like, how many freaking beatnik poets do you know? They get like high or blasted on something before they go on stage, and then they're just like Marion. Sweet Mary, and like, you know, like, you know, like on something. I want right? to be happy. I don't want to get stung to marijuana. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, yeah. Now look, there's, um, high magic. Ironically should not be done high, right? Like don't, don't be smoking pot or taking mushrooms or whatever. And then doing some big ritual. Right. Um, okay. But. You know, like, like you do that clear, you do that sober Crowley, Mr. Chaos magic himself says mm. sober. Right. Um, and so like when, when a guy who's all about the debauchery says, no, 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 you do this straight. Right. Cause that's <laughs> a work, right. You know, yeah. just like you don't, you don't show up to work blasted. Right. I mean, granted, I, like I work at a garden store. I'm, I'm high at work. Okay. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but my point no, but is that no, like I do it all the time because a lot, like there's the little things that I do every day. Right. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. my, my Qigong practice, I mean, people have watched me do Qigong on my channel. They've watched me do Qigong, uh, on, on various weaves with the spiders, um, yeah. I'm high as a kite doing that stuff. And, and, um, some of that stuff is enhancing. It's a, it's absolutely enhancing because the, the, the state of feeling that cannabis will put you in, uh, uh, working with also the feelings of your energy field, um, 
Now, of course, it also depends on the individual. Everybody's got a different relationship with different entheogens and plant teachers, right? You know, just like there's always that guy says, oh, I can't smoke it. I get paranoid, right? Um, cause everybody's got different workings of the mind and it's, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just your state of mind is the X factor in your relationship with that particular strand of cannabis. Right. And so that paranoia is not because cannabis makes you paranoid. It's because you're suppressing an insecurity that cannabis would like you to face and transcend and transmute. Right. So, um, you know, because if you can, if you smoke pot, like when I smoke pot, I feel largely superhuman, rationally superhuman. I'm not jumping off of buildings, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, like I, I take a nice strong puff of pot and then like I'll go climb the fucking mountain. Like I do that shit high. Like the, the rock scramble uh, that I posted on my channel uh, last week, you know, that, that, that I did that last weekend. Mm -hmm. uh that was that was all done uh you know a little a little blazed and um i'm just i'm just in that moment i'm like i'm like full like ranger mode it's just like i'm staring at every little every little crevice of every branch and rock node uh, that I look like, and I'm, I'm, I'm calculating my, uh, uh, my footing. I'm testing things for stability. Uh, uh, you know, and I am, I am one with the side of that mountain, right. In order to, yeah. uh, find the safest way for me at my ability level to scale it. Right. And, um, like, so that's a lot of neat stuff that I learned. I, I learned that as an Aries, uh, uh, I ought to be climbing mountains. Right. And I was, yeah, I had there. died in 2021 and then transformed myself. I would not have been able to do it. Like, like I, I, I went once in the winter when I had only been doing this stuff for about three or four months. And I, I still was like in like the 36 inch waistline area of my life. And uh, that thing defeated me like an eighth of the way up. I was like nothing the way up and ever like it was just impossible for me. Like I couldn't get a grip on anything. Everything was way too icy on the bottom and everything else. Now I have mastered that thing several times over. Nice. Yeah. So but there's always a harder way that I haven't done yet. So I keep training. Very good. Very good indeed. But um, so why shouldn't you be, you know, blasting and doing high magic? Like, this is, is it like because it, it doesn't work or it can go wrong? Or is it like considered a a shortcut or are you like just opening yourself up as they will um, often say in the, the new age, are you opening yourself up to things that um, you, are too, you are too vulnerable to your unconscious mind. And um, until the day you die, there's always going to be something that scares you in your unconscious mind. Sure. And thus, um, when you're doing magic, when you're invoking your will, you don't want your unconscious insecurities 
coming up like Loki and ruining mm -hmm. the hammer, right? So that's that's kind of like what happens there with Loki getting involved uh, because Thor did not have all his wits about him. He would let the trickster help, right? And granted, yeah. there was there was good fortune to gain with his help, but he's also responsible for botching it too. And that botch is the precise reason why Jormungandr is successful in striking Thor before he is doomed himself. Right? So yeah. you think of, like, you're opening the door for Loki to cause uh, problems that you should not arrogantly think like Thor will be, for the most part, a really great reward, just a flawed reward. Like, you know, you can get a freak out at it. Like a couple months ago, um, I took an eighth of magic mushrooms. Um, mm -hmm. But um, the magic ritual involved that I did with that was uh, based on being a, a circle of protection in the first place uh, because um, the only thing I was really invoking was to uh, have uh, the next big download from, from spirits, from the gods, from, you know, the next evolution of me spiritually, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking, yeah. it, I'm taking it the way uh, somebody wants to install antivirus software or something in their computer. Right. That's what I'm doing. It's I wasn't doing it. So that way, like I could wake up tomorrow and a guy shows up and says, Hey, Steve, I've been meaning to start a band with you for, 10 years now and i finally got a hold of you you know everything's ready to go it's like oh wow my dreams came true finally my ritual worked right no, like no that's, if only that's it did work that way right so um very limited level of the magic and that's because the 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 mushroom was not the uh just an ingredient in the spell it was the feature of the spell the spell was working around my personal protection in general while um, using it to be available to the channel and to receive the download. And it was yet still a hard experience. I picked up nausea in it, which made it very hard for me to um, be focused and, um, and fully appreciate and absorb the hallucination as the hallucinations started to come on, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I've told the story a number of times. So like I, I was largely just sitting in my bed writhing while watching like things starting to sort of morph into faces and the wrinkles of sheets and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't want to look like that. It looks like it's going to be an ugly face in a second. It's a hallucination, but I'm nauseous. Ah, I like it was just uh, so, you know, I had to focus on pranic breathing to keep from having a panic because I was afraid that the portal to hell was going to open up and a bunch of fucking demons were going to entertain me for several hours, which may have felt like several years because who knows what kind of time dilation I would have been experiencing during the trip. Cause yeah. then, like this was a full eighth of albino penis envy. If you don't know Dick about uh, entheogen mushrooms, they're like some of the top, if not like one of the top strands uh, for going 
to another dimension. Okay. Yeah. And then I saw what I would call kind of like a seraph angel type of thing, where it was kind of like a like a central kind of eye-ish sphere thing, and then it had these tentacles and wings kind of going around it like that. And they were like like kind of like the way you see those AI morphing pictures like morphing yeah. between being like a wing and then a tentacle and a wing in this swirl all around mm. over my head in the room. Right. And I'm just like, Oh my God, what is going on here? What have I done to myself? Right. That sounds <laughs> like a bad the, fucking trip. By the time the nausea passed and, uh, uh, the, um, the, uh, the hallucination was calming down into more of that general kind of warping around and moving of things, and, and, and I could have some sense of navigatable abilities and stand on my feet. I was feeling better and I was starting to appreciate what I went through, despite it being what you would probably call a bad trip. Because I said, I'm not having a good trip, but I refuse to call this a bad trip. I refuse while I'm in the middle of it, while I'm in the middle of the hell. I'm just like, because it was hard for me to think, you know, my brain. You like like the stuff remember it's affecting your brain right like I, I i had gone into these idiosyncratic loops it's like i wouldn't have been capable of doing magic if i tried right so wow. yeah so crowley's right do your shit sober right and, and that one was specifically intended to you know protect me and i think it did its job i just did it, it just did it, it, it crazy it was crazy and uh and uh, and it was pseudo upsetting within the real time moment of it. But, um, but the, the, the emotional release when I came out of it, you know, realizing that I kept myself together, that I'm still rational and insane. And also out of everything I was thinking about and dealing with while looking at all of the things that were kind of weird and not helping with the nausea, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had gotten some emotional cl closure on things. And when you get those emotional closures on all this stuff that can sit in your unconscious, um, uh, it frees up more of your pranic energy. It frees up, you, you get more uh, ability of your chi, of your psychic power, because unconsciously those things are not weighing on your mind anymore and then this increases your other magics that you do in your sober time hmm? wow that's okay i'm glad i never never used that i never used any psychedelics um always been curious about it but never Never used them, but damn, that's so oh, they take a micro dose of golden teachers, which is like the tamest of the mushrooms. You'll have a good time. You'll be fine. It'll be like an intense weed <laughs> high, um, with maybe some mild kind of pseudo audio and possibly visual hallucinations, but like that's more like when I mentioned the warping, kind of like things moving a little bit. But you won't get like lost. You won't get like lost in another dimension. Um, but you'll get used to the feeling. Microdose. Do it with somebody that you trust. Good vibes, or you don't have to do it with them. But they 
but to have someone there is kind of like an anchor. Sometimes you need an anchor for these things and you're fine. That's why there's yeah. a shaman there. If somebody takes an ayahuasca journey, it's, you better have a damn shaman because that shaman may need to say something to you that helps with, uh, with with everything that you're 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 struggling with as you take your dive into this other frequency of consciousness, right? Um, it's worth it. It's worth. But it. I have heard numerous times that you are able to uh, to get those highs, to get those um, well DMT experiences um with breath work hmm. well i've never heard someone give uh I've, I've never heard like someone say my crazy breath work like acid trip right like <laughs> acidless no, acid i mean that's work, right that's that's true. You know, it's, uh, I, I can honestly say, that, I think you know, no, no, I've never breath, heard breath work. Cause remember I said, like I needed to do pranic breathing cause I was reduced mm -hmm. to writhing in my bed. Right. Uh, and, and so like everything for like hours, I was just like, yeah, especially cause that was helping me massage my diaphragm. I wanted to keep my my brain oxygenated. Um, and, um, then I'm also struggling because everything's like, looks weird. I'm just struggling to try to grab this water bottle to keep myself from being dehydrated as I go through that ordeal. Cause with that much heavy pranic breathing, I'm also drying myself out. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's, it's true. Like I haven't, ever heard anyone say or you know tell me about their their crazy trip they had while yeah you know, breathing yeah. heavily and uh and all of that yeah and, and 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 not that like and not that i'm trying to be like your cliche like getting high escapist psychonaut thing but mm. it's just like i'm sorry there, there's a component of needing to see something right like I saw an entity over my head, right? And that entity had um, an esoteric and occult meaning that I needed to see. It was an understanding. It was kind of an interpretation of my guardian angel, if you will, or guardian dragon, perhaps. A seraph is theoretically a dragon in the etymology of the word seraph. Um, and so um, I got to see that and I got to see something about its form and function it's it's relationship to the things above and the things below right i don't think pranic breathing would have brought that to visceral life as a personal experience right i think the pran pranic breathing is going to give me an intuitive picture in my head very safe very mm -hmm. useful do it believe me do it yes right do it go get take this route, this discipline of getting high through that kind of breathing. I do do that also. Um, you know, uh, it, it works a lot when you're toning, uh, elements. Uh, one of the, uh, things that I do in one of my Qigong practices is, is an elemental technique that, uh, I'm, I'm usually standing with my knees slightly bent 
and my arms are out like this and my fingers are separated like that, kind of like a reverse uh, Vulcan uh, 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 greeting, right? Yeah. And so this is uh, this is a uh, a lightning rod. This is an energy con uh, conductor, right? This is bringing yeah. in the energy in the atmosphere and then um, the sound for this element for, you know, it's, it's, it's basically the electric element. The fifth element is, is uh shh. Right. And so you're, you're, you're breathing out slowly and uh, almost at a whisper. Like that. Right. And when you're, and when you're holding, uh, when you're holding your arms as such with that kind of breathing, you'll feel pressure on your third eye. You'll feel third eye, uh, third eye, and and uh, crown activation to a certain point. Um, uh, that becomes very apparent. And then um, S is for air, for wind. And then you bring your hands forward like that, just bladed forward, and, and you go like a snake. Then you bring them up here, and like you're laughing from the diaphragm, ha, and that's fire. Then. And you're doing all this stuff standing with your legs slightly bent, mind you, right? And then you pull in like here and you make fists at your uh, here at your waists. And this is for water. And you, um, hold on a second. It's better if my mouth isn't dry. Because this one is a gurgling noise. And Speaking so you're like water. this and you're like... <sighs> Like 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 running water like from a faucet, yeah, okay. that kind of thing. And so you're exhaling, making that noise, and then you go who, with your arms out like this, um, feeling the energy of the earth, and thus is is earth. And uh, that's uh, toning the various five elements. And if you do that, that'll run through your whole system, and you'll feel all sorts of stuff. Uh, twitch in your um, um, parasympathetic nervous system. Fascinating. Like I, I keep hearing, like I see more and more of people who practice uh, Qigong and it's like, isn't that practice actually forbidden in China or wasn't it forbidden for a while to uh, to practice Qigong yeah, in um, mainland China? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that it is. Uh, I mean, especially if we're talking about uh, communist China, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're going to be communists. Communists are uh, one of those ideologically atheist materialist, um, um, mentally ill on utopian ideals, uh, kind of, um, kind of systems. So, um, they're going to look at that kind of stuff as problematic. They, they might even be looking at it in a similar way that we used to over here where like it's witchcraft. Um, uh, and not that they're trying to acknowledge that it's real power, but that um, people behave like that because deep down inside they're psychopaths and stay away from them. They're going to hurt you. 
they, they might be trying to say something along those lines. Right. But, uh, but I don't really know, but that's just something I'm intuiting is probably uh, akin to what's going on or was going on. Because I mean, I know that like, it's like Hong Kong cinema has been uh, showing you Qigong based Kung Fu films for a while now. Right. So, really? I mean, yeah, I mean like, dude, like you're not doing like high fantasy Kung Fu. Like, like if you're doing stories involving like the gods, you know, like the, like they mm -hmm. get the stories with the monkey King and all that stuff. And, 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 and gravity defying situations. You're using the force like a Jedi. That's Kung Fu. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what's going on. So, um, so like in, in your cinema, you've got it represented, uh, right there. They may not like the idea as a, as a, as a, you practice it in the mainstream idea, right? You know, it's just like the reason why, Hollywood doesn't want to give you a good Thor film is because they don't want that fucking God activated in you. It terrifies them. The best you get is the fat guy. Oh God. Yeah. 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 To, uh, you know, to put it into a certain context to, to demotivate you from thinking uh, you know, like, like giving you a false sense of worthiness by lowering the standard of the power of Thunar to say that you can wield the hammer without, um, any effort. That's one thing I have been, um, been noticing more and more. I mean, I don't, I don't really keep up with, um, uh, you know, whatever the, Marvel is doing, but it seems that it's getting easier and easier for a let's just say a a non deity to harness the um, the power of the hammer. Like pretty much anyone can wield the hammer now, and most mostly through technology is that what they're doing or, in their comics because that's not what they did in the no movies. no it's i mean isn't it like i said i haven't well, really no been no because they tried like in, out, in the second in the second avengers film they had uh they had war machine try to uh wield the hammer uh and iron man at the same time using yeah. uh their gauntlets uh, uh as enhancers to try to use the boosters on their gauntlets to see if they can they can uh, weigh it up. You see, like what what they're doing in Marvel is like they're getting, um, uh, you know, like technology and spirituality have uh, a symbiosis to each other because uh, it's going off that principle that magic is just technology that you don't understand, right? It's technology that's so far beyond you that that it, it defies the laws of nature, right? Yeah. You watch how. Um, how, uh, for instance, Iron Man, Tony Stark has enhanced his armor over time. At a certain point, he could summon his armor to him. And he implanted yeah. into himself, like a transhumanist, he implanted uh, uh, chips that 
the uh, that each armor piece is meant to attach to, and it can fly on to him. Now, the only reason why that transhumanism is quote not a bad thing, right, uh, is because it's under the circumstances of here's your Elon Musk guy who has full control of the technology, knows every chip, every circuit, every line of code, every encryption, uh, uh, you know, and everything, right? He puts that in there and he made it himself from scratch. So it's unhackable. It's unwhatever. It's just his tech, right? And the entire, all through all the movies, never has anyone ever taken control of his armor. So Tony Stark's technology itself is like Mjolnir to Thor. And yeah. one can say that Odin had put his son's soul code genetic imprint on Mjolnir uh, because that soul code genetic imprint also holds a certain trait, which is within Thor's inherent nature as a hero of a certain character, which I, I still think that on a general level, what, what he's representing, even in those, those Marvel movies, I think is accurate, right? Be, because if you look at the importance of what Thor is and how much he's like Zeus and how much there's an earlier version of Zeus before government came in and religion came into how their system worked and they didn't uh, interpret Zeus to be like their kings, uh, yeah. where he was more, you know, this storm God, this protector, you know, of earth in that respect, they made him emperor of earth, but protector of earth nonetheless. Right. Yeah. They just made it. We're like, tolerate me because I protect you all now suffer. Right. Uh, like that's not Zeus. That's not Thor. Right. Um, but no, my not. point, so my point is, is that like, um, uh, uh, if you're not being at one with who you are, which is also inherent in your genetics, we can talk about Tom Rozell and genetics and what one is worthy of, if at all, because of your genetics, mm -hmm. then that is why that comes to him. But then that is also why, uh, um, it comes to vision. Vision doesn't have any organic material in him at all yet is worthy. Why? Because he's an ensouled synthetic life form, right? So it's a life form. He's Im imbued with divine spark. In fact, his divine spark was channeled through Mjolnir when they made, uh, when they made, when they, when the Avengers came in and stole vision, Thor strikes at strikes a uh, vision with lightning in his, uh, in his generational, in his creation pod, and and like so, Frankenstein's monster, that's what activates him. So he's a homunculus, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a homunculus. Um, Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Three is a homunculus. I did a whole two-hour um, presentation with King of Cups, Chris and Joshua the Branch, my uh, my colleagues from the Weaving Spiders. Uh, that who, one. And, and you watched it? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and so, like, I don't do 
these movie breakdown things very often anymore because life has changed. The message has changed, but once in a while there's one worth talking about in my sphere, which is why I didn't title it guardians of the galaxy in the, in the beginning, I titled it soul code genetics. And then I mentioned guardians because I use that, that movie as a conversation about a springboard, about the deeper things on a shamanic level that is part of uh, me and my colleagues mission here in um, uh, stopping these dark forces that they exist beyond just understanding life and the means of our mythos, right? You know, there's, there's a deeper yeah. mythos that has been added on uh, when you understand the importance in context to the evils that had been ruling our times and are trying to gain back control that they did legitimately they lost some legitimate control a lot of very important control they lost there is a brighter future coming but they have a few more fights left in them right so these conversations are still important i i, I care about the nerd community about waking up because i like them i came from them right sue me right so to me that's makes it a valuable broadcast even if it's not something that is um you know, for everybody, like they don't like talking about this stuff on uh, weaving spiders and uh, that's okay. They're talking about much more serious things, even if we're joking around about it. Um, but that's why I invited people over to my platform to have a very important conversation because transhumanism is very much being embodied by this villain that they created. Soul code genetics is, is, is very much what's being embodied uh, with our understanding of, of, uh, of everything, right? Because you have this purely evil, almost psychopathic supervillain uh, character here. And um, with the exception of his weird animal hybridized uh, uh, by vivisection, transhumanist, intelligent animal monster army, with the exception of those, all these beings that get these genetic enhancements that he gives them like 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 uh like rocket and his little friends in that batch uh, uh in the uh in the flashbacks of the film uh or these uh these whole races of beings right um he doesn't have control he doesn't have the kind of control over them that you think right he's cuz yeah. he's also he's representing like a demiurge he's representing that that yalda bayoth type of idea right and it, it, it's very much demonstrated it feels like he owns your soul but because that's what we're told having your soul being owned is like but and this is something that i i, I picked up on this nuance i like the way it was said from one of the guests recently on occult rejects podcast they had the uh the Satanist who became a, a, a Catholic uh, priest. A very interesting story. Oh, um, I, I believe. I believe. I know. Um, he was just on. Yeah. He was just. Oh uh, no! Then it's uh, then it was someone else. They they had they had a similar one. He yeah. was a very. Uh, but that was like way in the beginning of um, the. Or maybe I, well, I just watched it. Maybe it's older and I just didn't realize it. Um, either like way, the, either the, way. Uh, the satanic priest who um, 
like really started with magic like way young yes started with the uh yeah. like the thing in the mirror and all uh yeah yeah he was doing the bloody mary and that's yeah. kind of introduced him to magic as real and and then yeah no it's it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's an older, it's an older show. Yeah, but, uh, I, I know, I know what you mean. It's, it's that's so fucking fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my uh, my point is, uh, he says in that one that like I hadn't sold my soul to the devil because uh, nobody has the power to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I did sell my will, and that had to be uh, that had to be um, gotten back, right? So yeah. you sell when you're selling your soul, that's 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 the little lie in the truth that you're selling your will. Right. So he has them doing his will all based on an entire belief system of 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 a of a false promise like any politician. Right. You know, Rocket and his friends were promised uh, that they were going to get out of those nasty cages as soon as uh, Rocket uh, uh, helped him finish his project and then he helped him finish his project and he wasn't rewarded he was uh, ordered to be destroyed except for his brain right mm -hmm. and why because um something's going on when you become an ensouled thing and he and him works in genetics this character is making ensouled people right he's making these homunculuses right or he's not just making homunculuses he's 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 like i that's just genetic engineering on just making a life form in almost a natural way anyway because <clears throat> i mean these these races they can um they can make love and 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 get pregnant and things like that right or homunculus is more of its own thing it doesn't really seem to be capable of making family and stuff like that right uh yeah. there's a question about a soul of a homunculus it oh my gosh such that, that's such a deep rabbit hole and i don't have another nine ten hours to go back <laughs> right now i'm not I, no, I can't do I mean, it right now i'm gonna need a few months um <laughs> oh no but i mean i i did a i did a show with uh one-on-one -on -one, of course on the uh the homunculus it's uh it's on the channel you can yes um and it should be on our rumble and our odyssey as well so uh if anyone is listening is interested in that please do watch it uh it is the um oh it's it's been it's been viewed so incredibly well um i i believe it's my fourth like third fourth most viewed uh video at the moment with the most viewed excellent excellent yeah yeah he's a very uh he's a very trendy uh he's a very trendy guest in in very good circles of of thought yeah people a lot of yeah. people like what he's what he's got to say i know just enough about his stuff uh yeah 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 um, man that was that was such a tangent okay. right 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 i just didn't want to interrupt i was just gonna i was just gonna um uh, just wrap up with one last thing that i was uh just to fill out my point right with the um so um the genetic these genetic engineers i think that's what this movie was trying to hint at it's mm -hmm. like they can't put 
they can't substitute a soul in anybody in in someone that they're growing or creating like that right that a soul is coming in from the outside and there's no there's no way that you can just perfect what you don't want in a in in just who a person is out of them right throughout that yeah. movie um you see this issue where like you know rocket raccoon has an accent right and he likes to say const right you know i, I const still it da, 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 da. you know it's it's cute it's charming it's part of his personality it's an expression of his soul in other words mm -hmm. so the high evolutionary he he's it's like like when your dad is just an asshole who just doesn't approve of your of his own children at all and he's just like cunt cut like you know just like how dare you you know talk like a sweet and innocent spirit right like why aren't yeah. you like up to mature adult levels of perfection uh now right you know it's this it's this whole thing right so um uh, uh, something came in with Rocket's soul that was not part of his design for Rocket's brain, right? It, it, you know, the genetics that he put into Rocket were not meant to make him capable of being an inventor, right? Mm -hmm. He was not supposed to have the spark of the creator within him, which is the only reason why he was able to not just, you know, know how to work a machine, but actually make adjust, like change things about a machine, fix it, if you will, uh, make, uh, make additions, uh, 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 do something unique uh, from the idea, from the realization, from the conceptualization of your own accord, right? In other words, um, uh, you know, he's got, he's got the, the, he's got the spark, right? lucifer right lucifer you know uh, prometheus mm -hmm. with the fire you know he's got the fire he's got the alchemical fire within him makes him yeah. special and so um that turns rocket's brain into the most valuable asset in his company and the only thing that matters to him is his company in which he is the sole force of will trying to be god because god is dead which gets us back to Nietzsche. <laughs> so that's yeah. why Guardians of the Galaxy works because it it really gets into all this stuff. There's all this high science going on, but it's telling you a story about the soul, like, like the real soul in juxtaposition, showing you the difference between the soul and just what the cold, dead scientism thinks. And... Uh, that's what I appreciate about a film like that. And uh, Marvel's made a lot of turds since uh, since Sp uh, since Spider-Man, like Spider-Man No Way Home may have been one of the last great Marvel movies. And now everything has been hit or miss. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, Fortunately, actually, in a certain way, because you know what? Um, you know, the nerds that are not based, they needed to be demoralized. I needed to hear them stop talking about these films nonstop and not talking about anything that fucking matters. Right. That's why I wanted to have Raven Wolfgar like gamers. I love them. Now, can you bring it to the next level that matters? I'm sure they will. I'm sure. Well, I hope so because it's graduation time. Motherfucker. The threat is real. <laughs> oh man.
yeah no the uh the gaming to hedonism the gaming to uh esoterica pipeline mm-hmm. it is real it does exist just like the uh my chemical romance to Whitechapel pipeline for example um wait my chemical romance to what Whitechapel, like a just this 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 big popular deathcore band oh um, oh okay okay oh oh okay well there's members that they have in common like i don't listen to uh, no no not romance. <laughs> no not not even no it's oh, just... are, are you saying that like my chemical romance fans can be redeemed into metal from white chapel is that what you're saying is uh that... yeah they, they can they i can don't want this joke to go over my head i like this joke to go over my head sir please do not it's shame like... me <laughs> oh I, w- I won't well not 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 too not too much at least i kid it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> no but like even emo kids can become full um, grown metalheads. I mean, just you know, look at me. I used to be an emo kid. Like, uh, okay, the, got it. The, right. the hair and everything. Right, uh, right. Hey, listen. I was more two years ago. I was more akin to comic book guy than like an actual like you know, Thorian, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's amazing what a little bit of testosterone can do for you. Um, So was there anything else, any other tangents that that you want to go on? Or do you feel like you have you have said enough and that you want to people just to to mull over it? Yeah, I think we've done uh we've done two hours. This has been um uh, this has been fantastic. Um I think like it sounds like that you probably have uh, have reached your line of questions, right? Like you've got every um, you have. Um, has there been uh, anything it, else that you've been uh, curious uh, about me that's been been popping up? Because like you know, like I'm I'm very I've been very multifaceted. Um, yeah. Um, well, you're um, you are a curious individual. I'll uh, I'll say that much. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I. I think I have uh, have reached it for for now. You are indeed quite multifaceted, so I'm gonna have to uh, yeah at those facets one by one. See if I can mm. puzzle something together, or like maybe just see the puzzle pieces instead of just the whole puzzle. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the reasons why I'm why I'm multifaceted the way I am uh, uh, right now is it's like um, trying to get myself back into a sense of direction, content creation wise, to share some of these more cohesive thoughts in my head that kind of are transcendent of like a normal kind of like narrative or whatever. Which is why yeah. a lot of the other things I do are helpful. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy helps me can kind of frame a handful of, of, of crazy important things I've been uh, meaning to say to the public together in a certain way. And it's nice that there's an aid narratively speaking uh, uh, that can kind of like bridge that gap. Right. Uh, and uh, that's, that's been akin to what I've been doing, which I think I will. I think maybe I'll go on live myself at maybe about three o'clock I'm thinking. And uh, 
I'm going to go read um, another section of Heidegger, uh, Being in Time. Uh, so I've been reading Martin Heidegger on my channel mm -hmm. uh, as of late. He's uh, pretty much like a philosopher metaphysicist, right? And uh, Being in Time is all about having, is all about our relationship uh, presently in the world and what it, what it is to be in the world it's and 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 uh and ha and where that comes from the the moments before now and the moments after now and it gets really into the weeds like dissecting a lot of words that we uh that we take for granted um and the translation then gets really really narrow uh because of that because um he's using german words that were um, changing uh, a relationship with what it is to be in a certain state and to be in a certain time. Um, and then uh, the translator is not just translating the explanation of all that, but it has to also find the exact right words to make sure that we're understanding the English word uh, criticism in particular because everything is backboning off of the German and German etymology, right? And then to find the right word in English and then to have to annotate it for the English audience to understand why these two uh, words were the ones selected to, uh, to interpret that as the, uh, as the editor's um, attempt, or not attempt, it's the way the editor keeps his authenticity, uh, his transparency with you, uh, the reader, throughout the book. And so uh, it's a lot of fun because I get to say a lot of words in, 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 in German and learn a little bit of German as I go because it's fun to say things in German. And it sure can be. It yes. sure can be. Ger German can be, especially if you're if angry, you're, uh, you can sing Rammstein. Oh. And if you're happy, you can sing Fawn. Yo, that's a, I never. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. You know, you know, Rammstein. Yeah. Rammstein is your 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 well understood kind of like guttural German, right? Yeah, right. But but Fawn, <laughs> Fawn's German is so freaking elegant. It's just like you almost think they're talking it French. It's just like it's it's not French. That's German, but it's got that. It's got that French tender heart to it. It's weird. It's different, but it sounds beautiful. It, yo, I never, I, I and never. I'm a, and I'm a quarter, and I'm a quarter French. So, as a Germanic, you know, this is good stuff. Italian, French, like, dude, what yeah. aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Scottish and French, and then I'm half Italian. Italian on the mother's side, Scottish French on my father's side, grandma's French, grandpa was Scottish. Interesting combination. Right. Yeah. right. Well, you see, because I'm part Scottish, this might be another reason why I, I why the Northman really hit with me, right? Because mm -hmm. um, by the end of that film, um, uh, Amleth uh, tells Olga that um, I have family in Orkney. Now, Orkney is directly connected with, uh, I, I forget if Orkney's in Scotland off the top of my head, but 
uh but people but, but the people of orkney have something to do with scotland like they like i like yeah. they founded scotland down the line or something like that right and i think that that's also because hamlet hamlet is a scottish story right yeah right right and uh yeah and omleth is 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 hamlet hamlet is omleth right which is what i was talking about with child of ash uh, a little bit earlier in in the stream right so mm -hmm. you know for all i know you know for all i know that that merely hit me because maybe i've got a little bit of bloodline of whatever real Yarl uh, that may have been based on. Who knows? I'm not. I'm not saying I'm special. I'm just. I'm. I'm just saying it worked for me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Bro, you you are special, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. It's all right. We all belong in the short bus once in a while, right? It's like oh yeah, wait. Never. Way in the back. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God, Forrest Gump! Like, don't get me started. It's like, this this is just a final thing. Uh, just a funny bit I wanna wanna end on. Like, I am on uh, on TikTok, of course, and just some of the shit you find there. Like, um, there's this this audio clip of Forrest Gump and uh, Lieutenant Dan. Um, <laughs> it's like. God damn it, Gump, give me one margarita I'm, and I'm going to open my legs. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's just so fucking funny. I mean, if you are on TikTok, you'll you'll get the reference. The audio gotcha. is getting it's, yeah. it's getting it's getting quite popular. If you've ever seen the first Gump movie, you'll get the reference. It's it's amazing. Sure, so, but yeah. on this on this dumb little thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like I I mean, I like my Instagram situation. There's plenty of heathens on Instagram that 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 do it for me. Well, you know, since we're talking about social media already, plug your stuff, man. Where can the yeah, yeah. where can the good people find you? Where yeah. can they find well, your uh, as you can uh, as you can see below, uh, Zerlath Immortal on YouTube. I uh, that's my uh, that's my primary channel uh, where I get into all my my metaphysics and uh, and my shot my shamanism uh, aspects of my life. Where I'm going to be uh, reading. Uh, Heidegger's being in time uh, live with my own uh, personal anecdotes and commentary. Um, I started a channel for my music. So that'll just be um, like any music project that I somehow come up with, you know, usually just playing my guitar. Um, uh, that's going to be over on Zerolath Shreds. Zerolath Shreds. It's a very, very new channel. I don't even have like 10 subs yet. There's like two videos up. <laughs> I, saw, um, I saw i saw that channel i was um like i can tag you uh in the the title on youtube of course and when i typed sure. in zero i saw zero the shreds so mm -hmm. uh zero the am i spelling that right yeah i believe so shreds yep uh you have hmm, four subscribers currently yeah. yeah um make it five excellent I like it. Um, but yeah, no, um, on, uh, on Facebook, I have Zerlath divinations. Uh, if anybody caught the first episode, we talked a little bit more so about Terra runes. I gave you a reading on that show, right? Yeah. 
yeah, 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 you did. So I gave him a I gave a demonstration of how I do a reading uh, on that show with uh, with uh, my tarot rune uh, overlay uh, system. Um, and so I offer uh, readings. It's a good way of getting a hold of me is through that. If not through email, zerolath at yahoo.com. You can contact me uh, if you want me to make music with you and you're local uh, uh, <clears throat> or um, or if you want to uh, get a reading from me. Uh, and then I will uh, will talk about it depending on the uh, on the spread that you want. There's a certain cost. It depends on how much time, 30 minutes or an hour. Uh, right. And, uh, and, uh, so Facebook and, uh, and the email is excellent for all that. And then you can find, find me, uh, Zerolath 369 on, uh, on X Twitter, um, mines, Zerolath on mines. And I got, uh, Odyssey and BitChute have, uh, some of my old stuff archived on it. And so check out the Zerolaths, uh, over there. By you know, by and large, you look for Zerolath, and you're you're gonna find me. Awesome. Uh, I have, of course, some uh, or most of the links covered up in the description box below this video. Yeah, I've been too lazy to make a link tree. I, I will make everybody's lives easier down the line. <laughs> it's so easy to set one up, man. I know. I know. That's, that's, it's my, it's my Saturn retrograde. I just, I just, I'm too lazy to get my shit together still. See? <laughs> yeah. 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 Blame it on that. Um, yeah. No, but this has been, uh, this has been a great show. We, uh, we actually just passed the, uh, the two hour mark. So thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening, uh, to, uh, to scattered minds talking for two hours about whatever we could come up with. Um, if you want to hear more of the Grey and Pagans, if you want to see more of the Grey and Pagans, you can go to www.greyhornpagans.com. Uh, pretty much everything is on there. Everything is in there. Uh, we do have a link tree. We actually do have a link tree um which you can find under Greyhorn pagans of course uh, you can find everything that we do everything that some of our more prominent members do uh, among which child of ash um josh thane josh who has written his own book he is a um what is it civil journalist uh raven wolfgar uh, who will be on Zerolath's show or has been on Zerolath's show uh, is one of our more prominent members as well. You can find everything that he does, has done, has for sale, uh, wherever you can find it all on the mm -hmm. Greyhorn Pagans website. Um, yeah, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, what else are you supposed to do? Ring the bell. Uh, this has been streaming on Twitch now as well for the first time. So if you aren't subscribed to us on Twitch, um, please find us there as well. Or it, it's my personal account, but dedicated to the Grey to Grey or Pagan stuff, of course. 
So that is twitch.tv slash jarlfox. Um, if you are listening to this on the audio platforms, by the time this comes out, whenever that may be, I have a whole list. Um, please do give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating because it really helps. It really helps kick in the algorithm. It really helps kick the algorithm's butts and helps us get noticed. Um, we have merchandise. Of course, you can find it on our bonfire shop. Everything's on the, the website. So, <laughs> hey. All right. Thank there you. Very, thank you very much. There's uh, I, I now have two people that I give a rat's ass about on Twitch. <laughs> I'm never I'm never on Twitch except for my one buddy who does uh, like gaming stuff. And so he's 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 a he's a good dude. But uh, I'm, well, I'm 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 evolving out of like watching like gaming based content now that shit's real for me. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, I am very honored to be the uh, the second one now. So, um, yeah, thank you all very much. Go check out Zeralath, his stuff. Check out his new channel, Zeralath Shreds. And, yeah, I think that should be all. Uh, just the plugging itself is like another five minutes. So I'm going to stop it right here. I will see you all next time. Thank you all. Have a good night. Good night. Uh, and yeah, see you later. Bye-bye.